Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. Why are you laughing at me? What did I do? I'm not laughing at you. Oh, I'm not oh. laughing at you. I don't know why. Did you, like, hit yourself? No, I'm just giggly. I'm just oh. giggly. It's fine. Oh, we, you know what? I think it, this might be one of those episodes. It happens every now and then. Um, I know this has happened before. I'm sort of there, too, so bear with us, everybody. We're going to do our best to get yeah, through this without just real being sorry. but I can't, just having a real I can't good promise. time talking to each other. <laughs> we might laugh a little yeah. bit more than usual. So, it, yeah, it could just be a little obnoxious, so just brace yourselves, but we're just having fun. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, so we are wrapping up our discussion on Ancestor Trouble by Maud Newton. Um Let's see. We went parts one through five. four. One through last five time, last time. Correct? So, so one yep. through five. So we're we're six, six seven, yep. and eight. Yep. There's eight parts. So um, I'm excited about this one too because it discusses in one of the sections is about like the spiritual investigations into like the spirituality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of like beliefs of her family and like I pretty it was interesting. So I enjoyed the second half. Like, um, I think a little bit more than the I first. think so too. Um, the second half really looks at ancestry, like you said, from a more spiritual perspective rather than like the genetic um, DNA kind of side that the first half really gets into. Um, and I thought like the the second half, I don't know, something that I kind of didn't like as much about the first half was I felt like she wasn't giving me like that kind of like vulnerability kind of personal feeling even though it's a memoir yeah later on and but when she does talk about the spiritual aspect and like the spiritual journey that she's gone on um I feel like I got that more out of her like I feel like I understood her more I agree I agree I, I what I like about memoirs is that element of self-reflection yeah. and um you know, just kind of that evaluation. And I really enjoy, I really like memoirs. Um, and I think that's part of what it is. And I think I got more out of that in the second part that we were covering than I did the first. Yeah. So it was a more interesting and enjoyable read to me. Yeah. It made me, um, kind of think about how I feel about it because it was funny I kind of felt like called out like I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before of like my own like kind of feeling of disinheritance a little bit from like my like historical or like ancestral culture I guess and like the desire to kind of go back to that and like to kind of go back further than the the recent history like the people that I actually know about you know and that's, like, exactly yeah. what she talked about in this book and, like, how that's such a trend kind of now. And then also, like, the the problems and difficulties that get into it. But I thought it was also really interesting how um, she's, like, way more of a spiritual person than I thought she was going to be. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, she did – it almost got – the first part almost seemed more – it's almost like she did this kind of like scientific viewpoint and then more of a spiritualistic viewpoint. Like I feel like she mm-hmm. trying to had like two sides of the coin and was kind of going back and forth between the two of them. And I that's not something I anticipated either. What did you think about that? Like so one thing that she talks about a lot in this book is, you know, going to basically like spiritual um, ancestral retreats and like having teachers who teach her how to connect with her spiritual like her ancestral roots and there's a lot of like visualization of um ancestors and family lines and like connecting with spirits um what did you think about that like I just I I was kind of taken back by it and I kind of go back and forth between how I feel about it 
Well, you know what's funny? You know how sometimes when you are thinking about something or engaging in, in a certain like topic or thought, and then it seems like you see things about that everywhere? Like, does that ever happen to you? So, like, say yes. you're getting really, like, you just learned a fact about, like, mollusks. And then all of a sudden you see there's a Netflix documentary on mollusks and like there's an Instagram <laughs> thing on mollusks. Like it's just like, it's like the most, it can be the most random shit, but it's like you see it everywhere. It doesn't happen all the time, but you know, sometimes that happens. So I, this whole concept of like spiritualism, I've been seeing things about it and reading things about it everywhere. Like I just figured, found this podcast that's all about like American spiritualism and like going back and checking out this camp that's in um, like West Texas and it's all like spiritualists and like this resurgence. Anyway, so it was interesting because I've been reading and seeing a lot of things about that. So, um, so Mike, what was the question? Well, just like, like what, what do you think about, about it? it? Because, so it's just funny because I would not consider myself like, I'm definitely like agnostic. I don't think that like I know anything about anything enough to say that I know anything about anything. Does that make sense? Where I'm like, I do not feel confident in any That's very regard. Safe. Yes, that is a very safe answer. It's a very safe answer. <laughs> I think it'll bode me well in the long run. I I think it bodes you well. I mean, how can I argue yeah. with that? Um, <laughs> like I can't. I can't argue with that. But I've. It's funny because I also have like become kind of attached and I think part of it's related to grief a little bit but like I really have become interested over the last like few years in this idea of like ancestor veneration and how we remember them and so I've really wanted to you know Mm -hmm. like keep as many pictures of my family like that are dead like in my house as possible have as many pictures of them as possible like I have their belongings in my house I make them like a part of my like life um yeah and like I Mm -hmm. wanted to I still want to, I think, like, I kind of wanted to have, um, I don't know if I would use it in the way that she, like, in a term that she does of, like, um, of a, like, altar, but I would love to have a shelf in my kitchen, for example, that has pictures of my grandmothers and has framed some of their recipes that I love in their handwriting and, like, Mm -hmm. maybe, like, a spoon that they use. Like, I love that kind of idea of, like... I think Keeping the a term altar gets kind of, yeah, I think, and I think the term altar, just like I think a lot of, I mean, including anything to do with spirituality, I think a lot of the terms get, you know, not misused, but like uh, where you think it only means one thing. Does that make sense? Like, well, And I think that there's a lot of taboo it, it, in the same of stuff, in the same way that I think yeah. she talks about how um, like modern Western, like Christianity and Protestantism, like, has been built upon yeah. this idea of, like, getting rid of any worship other than, like, Jesus and God, um, and that includes ancestors. Like, there is there is a lot of taboo around the idea of, like, honoring your ancestors in that way, like, physically. Yeah. Um, so I think, like, even with me, like, there's, like, a little bit of internalized stigma around using, like, a word, like an altar to my ancestors, you know, like there, there's stigma there that, but it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what to think really when she said that she like actually saw things like, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really connect with any of that. Like, so I think I didn't have as much of a, not saying you have a conflict, but like, I didn't, it didn't really matter to me as much. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, but I don't have like the whole, her whole kind of outlook in general is one that I respect. And I think is interesting, but I don't connect with it on my level. Like I don't really have too much of a, well, it's kind of like what we talked about investigatory interest. Same thing. Yeah. With like a place or like any sort of nostalgia in general. Like I just kind of, I don't know. I shouldn't say lack because there's nothing wrong. Everyone, you're fine how the way you are. But like, I don't, I just don't seem to connect with that. So it hurts how she is already to me is like, I would never think to care about any of these things. And so all of it was just kind of like hearing about this, you know what I mean? Like it's all just kind of this new idea. So I never really had any sort of conflict with any of it because I never really connected with any of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, that totally makes sense, but I—I I mean, what's, I mean, like what I'm trying to say, it makes, it, sense. it makes sense. But I'm wondering, like, what—what what is your take on like 
her as a person who says that she's seen these things. Like, I think that was my biggest kind of struggle is like, like, okay, like I, I have a hard time believing, like assigning, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. I don't know what to think I, about I it think because, it, like, I don't want to devalue her. No, I I took her as like to me. I would describe her as like a a writer and a person as like someone who's always just always searching for something. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like always trying to like not like accepting any one thing as this is the final answer. Does that make sense? Like. And she's always just looking for things. And so I think when you're like that, maybe it's easier to believe in things that maybe other people don't. Does that, I feel like I'm not making sense. No. But I feel like she's just always one that's open to anything. Like she seems very, I mean, she was kind of all, not all over the place in a bad way, but there's a lot. Like this is a big, yeah, like tome of a memoir. And she's done, obviously done a ton of research and put a lot of thought and asked, like not, not leaving any doors unopened you know and find like which is I mean it and it makes sense maybe if like being a lawyer and she's a writer and like she's obviously is a great kind of like investigator Mm -hmm. and so I I think it makes sense like it's like well why wouldn't that be a thing so as far as her seeing things or kind of her interest in kind of that more spiritualistic aspect of it I think kind of made sense well and I think I think part of it too is like she has such an apparent desire to have that connection that even if it is literally just her imagination like I think it's all all of it stems from like that strong desire so like if you believe in it and if you believe that she did make this connection with like this spiritual ancestor from Mm -hmm. you know 100 AD um, if you do believe that, then I think it's only because she wanted it so badly that she was would have been able to make that yes. connection. But on the other side, if you I don't believe it. I mean, the brain it, is a powerful thing. Exactly. It, yeah. 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 I, I agree. Well, shit, we went off on a tangent and we didn't even like we didn't e- talk about I our drinks. I thought about that the first book. time. We just like, <laughs> no structure. No structure to this podcast. No structure. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get some structure in okay. our in our lives. We'll rewind. So, what are what are what are you drinking? Now that I've almost drank almost all my drink, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking the Dogfish Head Distillery Company's Culinary Craft Cocktails Gin Crush with lemon and lime. It's actually really good. Um, Dogfish Head oh, is yeah? delicious. They make really good um, like canned cocktails um as nice. far as canned cocktails go they're really good they're so that it's always really fun when we find them out here because not every store has them they're kind of hard to find um but the yeah. gin one is really good i also really liked um the other day brian got brought some home and they had like a blood orange and grapefruit one and that one was really good so the, it's it's yeah it's really good. nice on ice it's Pretty great. What are you having? I made, I got a little experimental um, and I made, it's like a dragon fruit mojito kind of thing. Yeah. So I had some dragon fruit, (laughs) dragon fruit, and I kind of smooshed it up. um, So then I put that in the shaker with mint leaves and lime juice. And then some agave and some vanilla and white rum. Oh, wow. And it's this like co- it's this rum made with coconut water. I can I can't remember the name of the brand, but I really like it. And then shook it all up in a shaker and put it in my glass and then some Uzu sparkling water that I found the other day at Harmons. And it's really pretty good. And I made my dad one too. Oh nice. That's awesome. Right now. And he 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 also thought it was good. Nice. That's like a pretty experimental drink. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, I had bought some dragon fruit, so then I was feeling fancy. Um, so I made up for your just drinking out of a can. Thank you. You know, I wasn't feeling I bad about drinking of out of a can, but now I do. You do now, though, don't <laughs> you? Do. Now you now do. I do. Now you're feeling a little lazy, aren't <laughs> you? Yeah. Well, you should have had your bartender make you a I drink. Should've. He usually makes your drinks. I don't have it. I, no one ever makes my drinks. I have to make my drinks all by myself. And you that's have true. like a freaking mixologist that's living. So, 
Yeah, I'm. You should feel bad about. I have no one to blame but myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you admit it. Um, okay. And then our next book, before we get back into it, that we're going to be discussing is called Narcopolis by Jeet Fahil. Um, I am really excited. I started it and mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. Have you got no. it yet? Have you got your no, copy? I have not gotten my copy yet. It's not going to take long. It's not, it's not, it's not yeah. huge. It's so, I mean, well, it's, it's decent size, but like, it's not a, it's not going to take you forever. It's 288 pages. Oh, that's not bad. In my copy. No. Um, and the the chapters are short. So it's kind of easy to take it often in quick bites. Does that make sense? Yes. yes. I'm excited to so, read it. Uh, which is good because there's lots to think about. It, it kind of reminds me of all sorts of things. It's like a nice mixture of, of different, like, uh, I don't know different stories already but like in its own totally unique way I really like it and I like the characters already um so I'm excited about this one and it's definitely very different from from really much of what we've read how so did far. you so how did you we'll find that I'm book. excited to talk about how it how did you find that book how did it get on your radar did... um from I, I think it's from one of the articles where did I where did I read this one because it's not it's been out for a little while it was published in 2012 yeah um, I can't remember. It, it was either on, you know what, damn it, I don't know. I want to say I probably read it on something from New York Magazine blog, but I can't think of what it would have been. But anyway, I can't remember yeah. now. Did you see, so I posted on our stories about how Natalie Portman has some like book club yes. or something and she was reading Cassandra at the wedding. I'm like, yeah, we are trendsetters. Late to the party. Late to the party now. Late to the party. You are late to the wedding. We have already, we already attended. Yeah. You know what? I bet she only selected that book after listening to our podcast. Total copycat. Of course. Because of course, of course she listened to our podcast. That makes such (laughs) sense. Oh, geez. Um, I'm telling you, it's one of those podcast nights every week. uh, All right. So, yeah. Obviously, we had we still have a lot to talk about with this book. Um, what what did you think? I what did you feel about how she ended it? Like, not, not I mean, it's not like a story in the way, but I mean, like, how do you feel? Because this is kind, that's kind of something I was thinking of as I was reading this is kind of like, where is it going to go? You know, like how how is she going to kind of wrap this up? Because it's not just a memoir really of her life so it's like you read that and it's that memoir up until a certain point right right? like in time like you kind of have an idea of where it's heading and for her it's like this memoir but like also this investigation yeah so I was just kind of curious as to like will there be an end to the investigation you know like does that make sense I just what how do you feel about how Um, she kind of closed this I mean I I thought it was kind of circular I mean I think that in I think the through line through this book is her figuring out who she is, but I think so much of it is like shadowed by the impact that her father and her relationship with her father had on her. And so I felt like she came kind of back to that relationship at the end and what it means for her in like her lar- like the larger context of like, who she is, but I I wouldn't say that there's like yeah. a clean answer. But I think it is interesting how it comes kind of back to her dad, and um and their relationship and like the good and the bad from him. I don't know. I mean, this is this is one thing that I kind of almost if there's one thing that I kind of struggled to believe her with is this idea that she was never, ever, not once, on board with her dad's line of thinking. I find that to be unrealistic for some reason. And I think, like, it's interesting that I think her book is kind of, like, it's about... Wait, say that again. So you had a hard time believing that she would never be... 
never be in line with any of her dad's yes. thinking. Is that what you said? That like, she, not find any connection I find it, there? I find it not believable or credible that she never once in her life, like, thought he was correct. Or, like, because I think that, I don't think, like, four-year-olds are automatically, like, no, my dad's wrong about his worldview. Does that make sense? And especially because, like, her mom never, she talks about how her mom never, like, verbally, like, stood up for what was right when he would go on, like, these racist rants. Like, he never said, she never said, you're wrong. She, I guess, supposedly, like, didn't reinforce those ideas pretty early on. But I don't know. I just, like, I find it not credible that she never once in, like, her whole life, even though she went to law school because her dad wanted her to go to law school, I find it not believable that she never once had a racist thought or that she never once thought that he was right for even just a second until she educated herself later. Hmm. I don't know. I I agree. I can't. I don't think you can say the statement she... I don't even know if she would that like she's never had a racist thought because I don't think that's possible. Well, I if you're well that's but that's what I'm saying. Why basically? I don't. But I but I but I I do I do find it credible that for the most like she, I think you can know. I don't think there's anything wrong with you don't and I don't think everybody does and it's just something that happens sometimes. But I do think you can know as a child that like this person is wrong. Like you may not know how to say they're wrong or or what really that even means, but, like, just knowing that, like, this isn't correct. I mean, I think that... Without getting too into it, I, I I think you can know that something is not... not actually believe it. Well, I think that you can maybe not actually believe something, but I feel like she does a really... She did a lot of work, I think, to separate herself herself and her actions as much as possible from those ideas as much as she's like yes I've like benefited from my family's historic racism like she does acknowledge that but she doesn't I think she worked really hard to distance herself from like her actually feeling or acting upon any of those things and I didn't find that credible I think that like I think that as a kid like I mean, maybe she just lacked respect for her father from the early on age of two years old. Maybe that's the case. But like, I but the fact that she continued to kind of do what he wanted her to do for such for so long. I mean, going to law school is like not a small thing. You know, going to college where yeah. he wants you to is not a small thing. Obviously, he was very manipulative. But I just think that like, I found it interesting that she focused so much on like the racist people around her that I thought that there was there was a little bit of like okay well but how did it how did Trying how did this actually is not impact you? It? yeah like I just think that that's just not mm. the case because it's it's interesting because it, it made me think about okay like who in my family a is racist because there's definitely some historic and ongoing racism within my extended family at the very least, you know, and what small comments have they made that were not even as insistent as this dad was and how did it impact me until I was exposed to other ideas and at what age was I that I was exposed to those other ideas and there were definitely circumstances where I think that I had at the very least assumptions or prejudices. Um, I, would, I would say it was more assumption until proven wrong but like I fully admit that I was exposed to some some prejudicial things and thoughts that impacted how I thought and then when I was exposed to something that went against that I was like oh well that's wrong then and then like I was able to correct my thinking all right, so we apologize if there's any dis- disjointedness that you just experienced in the episode. We're going to try and get right back to where we were, what we were just talking about, but yes. we had some technical difficulties. So rather than start all the way over, this is what we're doing. So <laughs> sorry about that. Thanks for your patience. Um, well, Sadie, you were kind of discussing, you know, 
you had a hard time finding any credibility in kind of where it's almost like she doesn't talk about her her journey through realizing like her beliefs compared to her father's beliefs or like not ever having those beliefs and just that that was something that you didn't really find credible because she doesn't really give much exposition on that but yeah. she, she does kind of in other areas so I I see what you're saying like I kind of took a lot what I connected with out of the memoir wasn't necessarily that part you know towards the end um she talks about uh kind of her having this she says she calls it a fundamentalist finger trap sourly contemplating the potential for salvation if helping our family dead to be well and helping ourselves to be well in the process would really solve everything, then how did all the ills in the world take root in the first place? My teacher, Larissa Noonan, also raised fundamentalist, understands questions like this. The goal, she says, is not salvation, but the removal of confusion, the return of connection and clarity. And so I kind of really connected with that idea of in order to have kind of empathy for yourself and empathy for others and grow, you have to know the whys. Like why where does this trauma come from? Where does this belief come from? Where does yeah. this part of me come from? And then once you have that understanding, it doesn't fix it, but it enables you to continue to do the work. And I think that there's a lot of self-exploration in the memoir, but maybe not, it's almost like incomplete. Yeah. I mean, I just feel, I I would just say that I am generally weary of anybody who like doesn't even acknowledge I don't know like she does so much work to acknowledge the role that race and her like the way that race has impacted her like growing up and like the way it has impact her impacted her family being you know like the fact that they're white and how um they've got a lot of privilege from that and then also how it's like benefited them historically. Um, and I think she does like a lot of work to do that, but I like feel like she didn't do enough, maybe acknowledging like her own like role and, and or journey in recognizing that because I just don't believe that like a three year old, you know, would like be able to identify I would even have like the capacity or the words to identify that like my dad is racist you know like I just don't so to me I'm just weary of anybody who's like taking the time to like write a book where a lot of it is about race and like reconciliation and dealing with like the pain and trauma um, of your past relatives and like maybe the trauma that they impose on others. I'm weary of that when they don't, when I feel like she didn't do the same work on like her own personal, like upbringing in life, like as far as her journey, her individual inside journey with it. And, um, it just made me ask like how much of this is like saving face? Because like, I think that it's, there's a lot of desire, I think in society like understandably you know to get to get that nobody wants to be associated with this stuff well and I think there's this desire to like okay give me that cookie like okay look I did all like I have this belief I get it so like where's my cookie kind of a thing I don't think it's that blatant from her but there is a lot of that like it's like you don't get a cookie like this isn't right there's no cookie at the end of this exploration that's just what you should do like that's it's like it's like when someone you live with like finally takes out the trash or something and it's like, I took out the trash. It's like, oh, thank you. You participated in living in this household and also contributing to the trash that needs to be taken out. Like, here's your cookie. I mean, I'm making a joke of it, but it is no, there but, is a little bit of that. Like, look, I did yeah. the bare minimum that I should do as a human being. Like, yeah. I want my cookie. <laughs> which I mean, which granted, like as weary as I am about like the lack, I feel like, of exploration on her part. Um See, I don't think there's a lack of it. It, I think it's just really, I think it's just so complicated. Like, I mean, even if you read her, like her acknowledgements, like I I feel like this is how she has a, it's a very lengthy acknowledgement section in her memoir, but I really liked it. And you can tell like there is just so much, I think she is just, which I get, 
Um, wanting to find connection, how important connection is to her and trying, I think, to reconcile maybe, I mean, it's not a great feeling, I would imagine, to not feel connection with people that you think you're supposed to. Like you, I think you think you're supposed to feel a deep connection with your family, like, and it's Mm -hmm. good. Like who doesn't want to feel, of course you want to feel good things, about your family and your parents. And for her, it seems like there's not like the scales are not tipped where it's mostly good things that she feels about her. I mean, I don't know anything about her sister um, because she purposely doesn't talk about her because she's so private. But like she's got obviously a lot of reconciling to do with like her family and how she feels about it while also wanting connection. And I think that's a hard spot to be in. And so it's like I think she's just I, I identified with that part. Like you you when the connection is so important to you and it's maybe hard to find it in the places you expect. I mean, yeah. Like I think, but I think, I think that there's just like a blind spot here that I think that like, she's, she's very introspective and she does a lot of work with everything. I think, except for her to me, her own personal journey of how she reached the point where she knew her dad was wrong. Because yeah, and other things too. I agree with you. Like, there's some almost big holes. Like, yeah. like I wanted to know. I I wanted to know more about her. Like, she, you know, she talks about purposely not wanting to have her own child, and mm-hmm. then, like, it would have been interesting to have more of that kind of thought process as she yeah. grew up. Like, when did you get to that point, and then how is that now with having a stepdaughter? And, you know, so I, I agree with you. I think that there's lots of big holes still. And I don't. And that's I mean, probably you can't fit ev- you can't fit everything into one book, too. Well, you, yeah, you can. It can all. And, and I think that part of what I don't know if I already said this before we had our glitch or not, but I think I really identified with she's really doing the self-exploration. But it's like she had to do all this research and thinking just to get there. And now yeah. there can almost be another memoir of like, mm-hmm. OK, now that I know more and understand more and I've done all this research here's now I can do even more and fill in some of those holes that she hasn't addressed you know what I mean now I can like go deeper it's just it's like layers and she's she's just kind of starting to peel off these layers and there's still a lot more to go yeah like that maybe that's just a generous way to look at it but no I, I I think that's that's true I just I'm just I'm weary. I'm weary. I just like, I think even if I had just gotten like one example of a time in school when she was like, when she stereotyped somebody and then acknowledged that she was wrong, then like I would find it all to be much more credible. But like, (laughs) (laughs) like literally just give you like one anecdote. Point out your own fault. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of it is it's like in recognizing your own behavior, you know, like what other well, I mean, I guess she, she does in some points, but I, I see what you're saying because she talks a little bit about some examples when it comes to, like, maybe her despondency and depression, like, where she talks about how she she has that ancestor that, like, threw herself out of a window. Yeah. And she talks about how she was in a fight with someone she was in a relationship with and her actually threatening to do that and having this thought of doing that. So she does give kind of some examples of her own... Um, behavior or impulses or or parts of her that she connects to her ancestors that are troublesome, but she doesn't when it comes to the subject matter of race. Like she doesn't give any of her own. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's definitely there for sure. That's Um, interesting. I think you brought up something really interesting though, like with her not wanting to have children and not wanting to like carry on this line. And it brings to me up like questions about, um, like, how does that fit into her um, spiritual practice and ideology as well? Because she talks about kind of this idea that she's um, in her ancestral work, that in a way she's like a conduit in a little, a, a little bit, like energetically maybe, for her well ancestor to do the work to help other ancestors along the line. She kind of, like, pictures it like this tether. Like, there's this tether, and she kind of, like, she even assigns colors to, like, different family and, like, ancestral lines of, like, what she is visualizing and seeing. 
and she talks about it like how she she went to this like workshop or something and how the way that it was talked about is that she's not actually really doing it she's not doing the work but she's like a conduit for it for the well ancestor that she pictures to be able to do this which is a really interesting concept and idea it's a little strange but like I get it I'm with it um picking up what she's putting down but um yeah how does that work how does that work for her if she does not continue the line. Like my question comes then like, okay, well, if you're no longer around and there's nobody after you, then like when is that work no longer able to be done that you believe in? Like what's, I guess like what's the, because if you have to be a conduit in this like line of spiritual thinking, but the line is not continued, like does it have to be your actual like, ancestral line or is this something that her stepdaughter can do like what what's the what's the deal here because like to me it almost feels like if she believes that she needs to help and be a part of that for like her ancestors spiritually to be well which is a really interesting word I think to use to describe that um yeah I like what happens when she's gone and if there's nobody that she's taught afterward in the family line to continue the same kind of work like what does that mean for them like and for her and that's so I yeah that just brought up like that idea of like her not continuing the line through her anyway I mean I don't know if her sister has kids but I thought I thought that was an interesting question and like because because there's so much like pressure in historically and like communities and cultures that really really you know assign a lot of importance to ancestry um there is a lot of pressure to like have kids like to continue the line and she seems to assign the same kind of value and importance or a similar like importance to like ancestral work well if you think about it this this memoir is her i think it factors in because like this memoir is her child like this is her yeah This is her legacy on that. This is her, her way. You know, I think we all hope that our children are better than, you know what I mean? Like that we, that they're, that it's better, that we improve and that we, like, I certainly hope my kids make a impact in the world, not in a, by like what they do necessarily, but who they are and that they're good people and that they, you know, help contribute to the world in a meaningful way by who they are. And I think that maybe if you don't have faith, maybe, maybe for her, her way of doing that, of having that contribution in a way that can carry on is Mm -hmm. through this. I think that, Mm -hmm. that that's what this is. And I think that that's a beautiful thing that art is. I think art can really be a great way of, of being that. Yeah. Well, it can definitely be like, your life like I mean the way that people can wrap themselves up in like projects and and work in general and whether that be art or like whether that be um whatever their work kind of is you know like whatever their passion is really like if you're really passionate about your children you know then like you're gonna put in that work and you're gonna like leave a legacy behind with them but with your work as well, if that's what your life is and like, that's what you love. If that's your passion, then the same type of thing of like, how much work are you doing to create certain outcomes or something? Like if you're like a researcher or a scientist, like it doesn't always have to be this like kind of like spiritual line for it to be important. And, um, and to like make a difference. I think that that's true. I mean, I do think that this book is her baby. And I definitely think that, like, it's consumed her life. Um, But I hope it's been in a positive way. It seems like it's been in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think she does a a good job, too, of, like, acknowledging, like, her concern that she's, you know, going to be, like, so wrapped up in this research that it's going to be, like, the same as any kind of, like, fundamental religion. You know, like, I think that that's, like, a a good look of, like, self-awareness of, like, 
like what the line is also between like being aware of like when something is consuming you in a negative yeah. way versus like you consuming something else. There's like a difference. Like there's almost like a power dynamic there. And like I think that she she I think she did a good job with this project in this book. I'm interested to see like what she does next, I guess. Like what's the next thing for her? Because it seems like this has been this kind of research and like everything that culminated in this novel has been like the the forefront of her work for a really long time. Yeah. It's been the focus of her work for a long time. Um so it's it, I wonder if she feels that it's finished or if she's going to keep digging. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is that is an interesting thought. Like because I think she makes the point, you know, I, I think what we first kind of started talking about when we went into this was kind of how she ended it, you know, like yeah. how, how does this wrap up? And like, um, I, I really liked what she, how she closed it. I thought it was a really very beautifully written, like closing. Mm-hmm. And she says, spending time with my ancestors is exciting and scary, joyful and sad, expansive to the edges of the universe and confining as the pain in my jaw. Grappling with their legacies is something I know I will never do perfectly. Making this reckoning as explicit as possible releases me from the idea that I will ever be free of this history. My understanding of the power of all of our ancestors for each of us and all of us will continue to take shape in me as long as there is breath in my body, at least that long. And mm-hmm. I think I think what will come next won't really be something like this because I think that now it's like, it's never ending, but it's like, I think it's almost like sometimes you start a project of like, okay, I'm going to start this and figure out the answer and then it's over. Right. Or it's going to be completed, like a sense of completedness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the point is, is that there isn't really one, but because it's not, you're not going to continue to, she's not going to continue to make books about it. It's almost like now it's just ongoing. Now it's just a part of something I'm always thinking about and doing versus this kind of mad, like intense research. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so some things that this book made me think about just as maybe as a fun kind of wrap, wrap up. I think it's fun. Do you have any funny family stories that you were told as a kid, like your family or anything like that? Or like a fun family heirloom or like just... I know it's not your interest, so maybe you haven't collected them, but is there anything, like, that you think about? I mean, I can answer that for sure. I don't think that any of them are ones that I really think of, like, as fun. Yeah. Or, like, there's definitely some meaningful, like, I I have my grandfather's dog tags that are really special mm-hmm. to me and, like, his mm-hmm. purple heart and other things, like, from his military service. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like really specific memories of like things that people were interested in. Like my grandmother was really knew all about birds and was very interested in birds. And I have very like vivid memories of looking out her window at all the bird feeders that she had up and her talking about what the different birds were and us watching the birds. Oh, that's so like, like things like those are just a few of them, you know, there's obviously a lot, but like things like that, but not, there's not like these like, specific defining stories yeah. does that make sense yeah. it's like little cool. vignette little vignettes more than like I mean maybe if I thought about it I'd come up with one but but yeah very nice memory and those things are you know that's what's so nice about and finding those connections of like things that your ancestors liked or ways that they were that you are that's mm-hmm. like that's just a nice way to tether yourself and I think that she does a good job of of making you think of those things and being able to like embrace them, even if they're not ones that you love. Does that make sense? Like, like I think she does a good job of like, I think assigning value to like personal histories and yes. And history certainly made me more interested. Like I'm, it's not really something that ever, but it made me think about it more and be more appreciative of and, and even have a little bit of like interest. Like it stoked it just a little bit. Yeah, I um, have 
Well, I mean, my family is like full of family anecdotes. I'm not going to tell any of those because there are just too many to pick from. But some stuff that I do have that I really love and appreciate is I have my grandpa's cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. And I love those. I, lo- I love those boots. I think they're awesome. And I just love having them in my house. And um, I have um, my grandma's. My grandma gave me a quilt. So I like we've talked about quilts before when we talked about um, Alias Grace and like their like importance and like their use as like a kind of domestic art form and also like family heirlooms and like what they mean and the meanings behind them. So I think quilts are just the coolest things in the world. But um, I have a really cool quilt that my grandma made me for my graduation and it was pieced together. So like the, the main pattern of the quilt was actually pieced by her mother. Um, so my great grandmother and she'd had it in a cedar chest ready to make, but she'd never, like, sat down to make it. And then for my graduation, she decided to do it. So my quilt has been was built by my great-grandmother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I cherish always. It's definitely yeah. something that I want to keep forever and to, I want to pass down. It is, it is really funny, though, like, my... Um, it's funny looking at the difference again of like how different families assign value to like family heirlooms and like keeping things down the line. So my mom like got my grandma's cedar chest when she died and we have like a whole ass like foot long braid of my yeah. great grandma's hair in a bag. See, that's I, I mean, Okay. <laughs> No, like, but, like I mean, no, but it is just, like, it's just interesting kind of what people, yeah, I mean, it is interesting what people see value in and keep, and maybe value is not the right word because then that indicate like, it's just, I, I think it connects with what she talks about, about just how different cultures venerate and how, how yeah. we all handle and look at, um, because it's all connected to death too, and what's after death and Mm-hmm. and our ancestors and I, like these things are just so complicated and there's no right answer and no really knows and it's so personal and and so it's interesting yeah just I, like I wouldn't keep that but no right that doesn't, no. like what but that's not that's not going. crazy either like there's a lot right. of so you know and I, I think she does I do like how she admits like there's really not she really she kind of touches on some of those things but without acting like she's much of an expert on it, which I think was good. Like, yeah. did you catch, well, you probably wouldn't because we didn't do it on the podcast, but one of my favorite, it's now one of my, it's now probably my top favorite book is the love songs of W.E.B. Du Bois. I've talked I about bought it, but I haven't started before. it yet. And she has a conversation with the um, author, Honoré Jeffers. And uh, she, and I liked what, I liked that she went and asked experts and mm-hmm. asked I, I did like that, and I like how she didn't speak too much as an expert, especially when it came to other cultures, um, because there's a there's a lot of that kind of same idea in in that book. You'll you will love that book. It is, it's my favorite book. If you had asked me my favorite book now, I'd say it's that book. I'm excited. I'm I'm gonna have to start it. I've been I've been kind of intimidated by it because it's pretty large. I've been intimidated by sitting down and starting it, but I need to just do it. It's it is large, but it is so worth it, and it does not feel large once you're in it, and not in a yeah. in a in a daunting way. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't want it to end. Way, oh, and it's wow. big. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I just went off on a tangent because I do I love that book. Uh, no, I I, I enjoyed this. Me I enjoyed too. the second part that we discussed more than the first. And I haven't, I've come for a better appreciation for it as we've been talking about it. Like over the past two podcasts, like I've kind of, I've thought about it more and I've had more of an appreciation for it, which I just love that about books. We're such book nerds, but like, I I just love that literature and art and things are like that. This is the best part. And I love like hearing your perspective on it because like, I think we came at it from like two very different, like kind of 
pre-existing viewpoints, you know, like I think like my, my view on this topic is like we've talked about is different. Like, um, and so it was, it was fun coming at it from those two different perspectives. And I definitely learned a lot. Um, and I agree. Like, I think that the second part of the book is the best part. And I really hope that the next thing that she writes, if she does publish another book, I hope that she, she is able to do, if she wants, um, something even more personal. Cause I do, I think I do mm-hmm. want more from her because she is a beautiful writer. That is one thing I'll say, like, we haven't really talked a lot about her writing, but I think that she is a very good writer as much yeah. as there are some repetitiveness here and there, like she, she can craft some, some beautiful lines. That's for sure. Yeah, I I thought it was well written as well. It was good. Good pick. Thank you. Uh yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it and if you hadn't read it, I hope that after discussion made you want to go out and read it. I love when people say that. So, um <laughs> hope you enjoyed it and definitely go pick up uh your copy of Narcopolis by Jeet Bayul. Um it should be available mm-hmm. at your local bookstores. It's definitely on bookshop.org. Um, I ordered mine from the King's English and got it within like two days. So, and I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Huge switch thematically from (laughs) what we've, what we just did. So, uh, it's definitely a palate cleanser. Uh, so yeah, go pick up a copy and get reading on that. Um, I guess that's it. Is there anything else we need to, you want to wrap up with? I don't think so. I think we covered it. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We appreciate you listening. We just love doing this. So we appreciate that there's people out there that listen. So makes it makes me feel a little less guilty about just doing this for ourselves. <laughs> I don't All right. have any thanks, guilt everybody. associated with this. Bye. Well, I, I, grew, I grew up Catholic, so the guilt's just there. <laughs> it just finds different vehicles to, like, be on. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.